The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Good to have everybody with us today. Uh, it's not raining outside, kind of dreary outside, uh, but it's not raining. Hope you had a great weekend. Maybe you did something inside, but uh, we're glad that you're here today. If you're watching online, welcome. Uh, I'm Pastor Chris. We are in week five today of our Daring Faith series, and we've got some exciting things coming up. I'm going to be talking about some of those today during my message. One thing I did want to hit today, this morning, though, is that on November the 17th, And uh, that's kind of what internally we've been calling Miracle Sunday, because that's the Sunday after Commitment Sunday, and I'll talk about that later. But um, on Miracle Sunday, we we announced to everybody uh, what God did through our church uh, during our Daring Faith Giving campaign, the the part of the uh, Daring Faith campaign where we've been um, committing uh, to give and to build this next phase on our campus. But uh, all that happens on the 10th, and then we celebrate it on the 17th. And one of the ways we're going to celebrate here this year is our, our annual tailgating uh, party. And so basically on the 17th, we ask everybody, just come, you know, wear your team colors. You know, we like to have a little bit of fun with that. Uh, but then after both services outside, like all day long, uh, we're going to have uh, food, uh, a lot of stuff going on for kids, Kona ice, um, but tailgating. And so the way that works is that we need people, we need those of you who consider yourselves big fans of whatever your team is, uh, to pitch a tent and uh, just celebrate your team and have a little fun with us outside on our campus. So to sign up for that, uh, right there on the back of your Connect card, uh, underneath my next step today, it says, I'd like to host a tailgate tent during tailgate uh, celebration Sunday, November 17th. Just fill that out, check that box, put that in your offering, and then we'll kind of pass on some more information about that. Uh, But it's going to be a great, great celebration. Uh, Today, what I want us to talk about, uh, I want to take a look at daring to commit. Daring to commit, making commitments. In fact, let me just go ahead and cut to the chase, okay? Let me just tell you what I want to see today. I want to challenge you to commit your life to God. That's what I want to challenge you to do. I want to challenge you to commit your life to God and to His purposes for your life. Now, here's what we believe. Life is shaped by my commitments. Your life is shaped by your commitments. We become whatever we are committed to. Great people are simply ordinary people who have made a great commitment to a great cause, a cause greater than themselves that has pulled them out of their self-centeredness. We're shaped by our commitments. Now the problem is, two problems, one, that today a lot of people are afraid of making commitments. You know, we have a lot of people who are afraid to commit to anything. It's kind of like going down um, a buffet line, okay, at a covered dish dinner, church potluck, you know, maybe think like, you know, think church potluck, or maybe Thanksgiving, you know, your family gathers together, and there's like this long buffet line of food, and the fear of commitment comes from this idea that there might be something a little bit better later on, okay? So you're at the buffet line, and maybe you're starting off like at the salad, right? You're kind of staring at the salad going, hmm, I ought to get some greens, but I really don't think I want to fill up my plate because there might be what? Something better later on, right? And then you go a little further down, maybe the vegetables or the uh, casseroles, and you're thinking, well, there might be something, what, better, right? And so you get to the meat, and you think, you know what? I think I'll wait for the what? What's at the end usually? 
desserts. I'll wait for the desserts. And then you get down to the end, and the truth is, you know, the desserts look okay, but everybody just bought like brought those box desserts from Food Line or something, right? You're like, oh man. And then you're like, you know, you're upset because you haven't committed. You know, you've got to the very end and your plate, there's nothing because you were afraid to commit. Listen to me, you cannot live life without making commitments. You can't buy a house without making a commitment. You can't hold down a job without making commitments. You can't get married without making a commitment. Our commitments define our lives. But people have got this attitude, well, but there might be something better. There might be something better. Now the second problem, and probably even bigger problem today, is that so many people are making the wrong commitments. They're making the wrong commitments. In other words, they're devoting their time, effort, energy, money, and lives, their, their calendar, their schedule, to causes or priorities or things that aren't necessarily bad. It's not like it's a difference between you know, good and bad, but they're not going to make a difference five years from now, much less for all eternity. You see, the real key to life is to make the right commitments. The right commitments. The Bible says this about commitments, Romans 6.13, do not let any part of your body become a tool of wickedness to be used for sinning. Instead, listen to this, give yourselves completely to God. That's a commitment. Give yourselves completely to God since you have been given a new life. In other words, man, because you've been forgiven, because you're a brand new person in Jesus, you ought to be willing to give yourself completely to God. Use your whole body as a tool to do what is right for the glory of God. That's the highest commitment in life you can make. All your other commitments ought to center around that one. To give your life completely to, be, uh, to God, to be used for His purposes. In fact, Romans 12.1 pretty much says the same thing. Listen to this one. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, okay, in other words, again, in view of the fact that you've been forgiven, that you've been given a new life, he says, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Of worship. Now, notice several words, key words in those two verses. Give, offer, sacrifice. Now let me say this, we are only three weeks away from our Daring Faith Sacrificial Offering and Commitment Sunday on November the 10th. That's the Sunday we're asking everybody to bring the largest one-time you know, financial commitment you've ever made, bring that offering to church, and a commitment of over and above your regular giving for three years. That's Commitment Sunday. And we've been talking a lot, you know, Toward the end of the summer and leading up to Daring Faith, we've been talking a lot about offering, giving, sacrifice. But I want you to hear this loud and clear from Pastor Chris. Ultimately, this Daring Faith series is not about the money. These verses here are not about money. That's not what this is talking about. This, this is talking about your life. He says, offer your life as a sacrifice to God. Give yourselves completely to God. That's what this series is all about. You see, here's what I truly believe. Listen, if God really has your life, 
He already has your money. You're not afraid to offer, give, sacrifice. Why? Well, because you've already done that with your life. And so what I want us to do today is I want us to talk about how the five deepest needs in your life are actually met by making five great commitments. Now, you've heard me teach about these commitments many, many times over the years here at Coastal. But one of the things I want to want you to point, I want to point out to you today is that you actually can't live out these commitments all by yourself. You were never intended to. You see, we were made for each other. We were made for community, for relationships. So here's the first commitment that meets that great need in your life. Number one, to strengthen my faith, I must unite with others in worship. To strengthen my faith, I must unite with others in worship. Now, obviously, worship ultimately is for God. It's about God. It's all about Him. However, it does bring so many, many benefits to our lives. In fact, I could stand up here this morning and list like a hundred benefits of worship. Let me give you just two. It renews your faith and it restores your joy. It renews your faith and it restores your joy. When you come to worship like this, when we gather together on Sunday morning as a family, as a church, and we get together here with other people, that's, what, that's some of the benefits. It renews your faith and it restores your joy. Isaiah 40, 31. Those who wait on the Lord will what? Renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. How many times, let me ask you a question, how many times have you gotten up on a Sunday morning and you said, man, I am so tired. It's been a rough week. I don't have any energy. In fact, I really don't have energy to go to church and to worship. And yet, maybe some of you, how many felt that way this morning, right? And, And yet, you push through. You came, you gathered together, and you worshiped. And afterwards, what did you discover? You were more energized. How many of you would say that? I would say that. I would. Because why? It renews your strength. Listen, I want you to hear this loud and clear. It's all you know, love and humility from Pastor Chris, okay? Ultimately, you know, you are just not going to get your faith at its core renewed and your joy restored by sleeping in and going to church of the holy comforter okay comforter okay by going to saint mattress on sunday morning okay it's just not going to happen or but listen to this for that matter or by taking your family to the beach or out on the boat Let me tell you something. There's nothing wrong with any of those things. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is take a nap. There's nothing wrong with going out and seeing God's creation or being out with your family. But hear this loud and clear. You get renewed. Your strength gets recharged through worship with the body of Jesus. You know, sometimes I like to think of myself as like the coach in the Rocky movies. You know, that great chick flick, Rocky, Rocky 1, Rocky 2, Rocky 3, you know. but remember the first couple of movies? Remember Mickey, 
the coach. You know, Rocky's out there in like every round, and he's taking a beating. I mean, he's pouring out his heart, and he's just getting beat to a pulp in every round. And then the bell rings, and he comes over to the corner, and Mickey comes over, right, and throws some water on him and tells him what he's doing right and what he's doing wrong, and he slaps him in the face. And he said, now get back out there, Rock, you know. And, uh, and sometimes I feel that way. I feel like my job on Sunday morning is to tell you, you know, hey, you're doing a great job. Now get back out there. You know, tomorrow is Monday. You know, you can do it. Don't let them beat you up. You're going to be okay. Look at this verse, Psalm 100, verse 2. Worship the Lord with what? Gladness. Come before him singing with what? Joy. Psalm 122, 1. I was glad. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. The Bible says I was glad. Not I was mad, not I was sad, not I was bored or guilty or had to go out of duty. Man, the thing I love about this church is that nobody is here simply out of duty. Man, you're here because you want to be here. I was glad when they said, let's go to the house of the Lord. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with singing. And here's what I want to challenge you to do today. Make the commitment, because that's what it is. It's a commitment to be in worship regularly. You're going to have those moments when you're tired, when your energy is depleted. Listen, be a man, be a woman, push through. It's worth it. You know, this is the body of Jesus. He went to the cross for this. It is the greatest thing on planet Earth. It is the only organization that will last for all eternity. It's worth a commitment. Make it. Number two, to discover my identity and purpose. Now, this might surprise you how to do this. I must connect with others in fellowship. I must connect with others in fellowship. We only learn our identity and our purpose ultimately in relationships, in community. You you never learn who you really are by yourself. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says specifically that we are to be connected to God's family, to the body of Christ. That's the phrase that's used for the church. Look at Romans 12. In this way, we are like the various parts of the human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function. Circle that phrase, our meaning and function. That's our identity and our purpose as a part of his body. But as a chopped off finger or a cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? Now, the illustration is obvious, right? I mean, my ear... It only functions, it only fulfills its purpose by being connected to my body. You know, if my ear was cut off and laying on the ground, what's the value of that? My eyes, if they're not in the sockets, right, attached to my body, what's the purpose of your eye? Has no value, has no purpose unless it's connected to the body. The purpose that God made you for can only be discovered connected to the body of Christ, to the church. That's what the Bible teaches. You see, if you're not connected to the church, you're not going to know your purpose, your function, your value. And hear me out. Man, all of that and so much more is discovered in relationship to God's family, to the church. That's exactly what he's teaching here. 
And by the way, that fellowship, that meaning and value is to be with and for all people. All people. Ephesians 2.16, Christ brought us together through his death on the cross. It says here, he brought us together. Now, stop there for a moment. Who's he talking about? Well, specifically in this passage, he's talking about all races, all ethnic groups, all people you know, of different languages, all people different from you. And he's saying here that Jesus brought us all together, every background, every nation, every tribe, through his death on the cross. It says, the cross got us to embrace. Now, I don't know about you, but it's impossible to embrace somebody if you're not on the same footing with them. In other words, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Nobody is better than anybody else in Christ. It doesn't matter what, you, what the color of your skin is. It doesn't matter what language you speak. We are equally loved by God, equally valued by God. We have equal dignity before God. The cross got us to embrace, and that was the end of the hostility. Now, God invented the church, coastal, all churches, to be an agent for reconciliation in the world. God invented the church to be the one place where there is no distinction based on the color of your skin. Listen, when you get to heaven, let me let you, let, let, let you in on something. You ready? When you get to heaven, not everybody's going to look like you. Not everybody's going to talk like you. you know, and, and if you don't like diversity here, you're not going to like diversity there. And that's okay because you're probably not going to make it, quite frankly. Okay? Because in heaven, the Bible says every race, every language, every nation, every skin color is going to be there. And so the church is supposed to be the one organization on the planet that exists for everyone. You know the old song, whether you're red, yellow, black, and white, we are all precious in His sight. The church is for everyone. It's a radical, radical concept. Amazing grace for every race. Amazing grace. Now, if you become a follower of Jesus, you have to commit to that. You do. I don't care how you were raised I don't care what part of the country you're from. I don't care what your background is. I don't care how old you are. 2 Corinthians 5.18, all this is from God who did what? He reconciled us to himself through Christ, and he gave us the ministry of what? Reconciliation. Do you think reconciliation is needed in the world today? Hello? Are you not watching the news? Do you not see what I see? We have so many divisions in our nation today around gender, between races, economic status. I think people try to do that, try to separate us. But listen, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we ought to lead the way. We ought to be out of the forefront saying, you know what, guess what? This is the one place where everybody is welcome. It don't matter where you're from. This is the church. You know, we ought to be the one place showing love and fellowship. That is the second commitment in life. 
I not only make worship a priority, but I will commit to the real fellowship of the local church because that's where you find your purpose and your identity. And I want to challenge you today, make that commitment. Listen, you know, enough kicking the tires. We are who we are. This is us. We're not perfect. You know, there's no such thing as a perfect church. If you're looking for a perfect church, you can leave now because we're not it because you're not. We're made up of forgiven sinners here. And so what is your next step in that commitment? You know, Scott mentioned one this morning. Maybe you've been coming for a little while. Hey, sign up for our newcomer's reception on the back of your Connect card. Our RSVP, the first step under my next step today. Maybe that's your next step. Listen, we're just going to share with you, you know, what our church is about, where we're headed. You know, you're going to introduce yourself to uh, some of our leaders here. You know, we'll feed you. But maybe your next step is this. Maybe it's time you finally said, you know what, that church, their church, is now my church. And and you make that commitment to officially say, hey, this is my family. They're committed to me, I'm committed to them. How do you do that here at Coastal? The last uh, RSVP there on the back of your Connect card. RSVP for the next membership class, uh, Monday, November the 18th. Sign up. We're going to talk about why we exist, our purposes, go through what we believe, all that stuff. But make a commitment. This is the church. It's worth making a commitment to. Now, the third commitment is all about developing your potential. You'll never develop your full potential until you make this commitment. Number three, to develop my potential, I must learn from others to grow. I must learn from others to grow. There's there's certain things that you can only learn in community from other people. And that's why we put such a huge emphasis here on our small group ministry, our life groups. Because, you, I mean, I love Sunday morning. I do, man. I love the worship here. You know, I love getting to stand up and point people to Jesus. Attracting a crowd. And crowds are great, but there's some things you can't learn in a crowd. You have to learn in circles. You have to learn with other people. For example, you can only learn forgiveness in relationships. You can't learn that on your own. Loyalty, love, kindness, faithfulness, unselfishness. You don't learn that sitting in a row. You learn it in relationships. In fact, the most important things you need to learn in life require that you're in relationship with other people. And so if I want to build my potential, i got to learn with other people. And where is the best place to do that? Again, it's in the body of Christ, the church. Ephesians 4.16 says it this way, Christ's body is fitted together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. Circle that word there, grow. You help others grow. I help you grow, you help me grow. The people that you're sitting next to on the row right now, they need you. You need them. You know, I've heard so many awesome stories about this, especially recently, about people who, you know, have gotten now into a, into a small group, into a life group, especially right now as we're all kind of doing the same thing together. And I've heard stories about people who've gotten into a group and now they're stepping out in faith and they've made a commitment with their, their lives and their time and their talent and their treasures and, and they're growing in amazing ways. And so I want to stand up before you today and I want to challenge you, make a commitment 
Now, right now, we're like midpoint through this semester, about halfway. It's amazing that we're already halfway through because this is just kind of a short semester. So maybe you're here now and you didn't join a group. You still picked up one of our devotional guides, which we're glad that you're doing that and reading through the daily devotional. If you didn't get one yet, you can still pick one up at the back table. But I want to challenge you for next semester. You know, we, we run our groups on a semester basis, just like school. And so, you know, in January, we'll be signing up people for the next semester. You'll get another little catalog. So I want you to think now, man, I'm, I'm going to be there. But for those of you who are in a group, and we had more people in groups than ever before, hey, we, we told you earlier, man, you could do anything for eight weeks. Guess what? You could do anything next semester, too, that you make a commitment to. Make a commitment now. In fact, I want to go a step further. Man, we have more leaders this semester than ever before. So I want to challenge you, consider leading again. In fact, Pastor Scott's going to be reaching out to you soon and asking you to go ahead and you know, think about next semester. Will, are you willing to do this again? Because it's, it matters. It, it's one of those commitments that, that makes a difference in your life and in the lives of others. Now, here's the fourth commitment. To experience significance, I must serve with others in ministry. To, to experience uh, significance in life, i got to serve with other people in ministry. Now, ministry is just the simple word for doing good to others. That's all it is. So I must serve with others in ministry. Now, here's what I want you to hear today. Significance, okay, meaning, purpose, significance, doesn't come from your status in life. You know, what you drive, what you wear. It doesn't come from sex, you know, chasing after relationships, significance comes from serving, from service. God wired the universe that the only way we feel significant about our lives is we give our lives away. You can't be selfish and significant at the same time. Significance comes when you stop thinking about yourself and you start thinking about others, and you give your life away. The Bible says it like this in 1 Peter 4.10. Each one of you should use whatever gift he has received to serve yourself. It doesn't say that, does it? To serve who? Others. Faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Now, look up here for a second. The talents that you have, the gifts the experiences, your time, your treasure, you know, everything that makes up you, your talents, they're not, all that stuff is not for your benefit. All of that was given to you for the benefit of the person sitting next to you and outside of these four walls. All of it. And, and, and their talents and their experiences, all of that weren't given for them. It, it was given for you. And others, listen, ministry, serving others, that's the path to meaning. Service is the path to significance. You don't find it any other way. In fact, it's exactly what Jesus said, Mark 8, 35. If you try to keep your life for yourself, you'll lose it. But if you give your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you'll find true life. You see, that's what, that's what Jesus said. That, that real life, you know, again, what are you committed to? What are you spending your time and your, your schedule and your, your calendar, all that? What are you committed to? Listen, God has a lot to say about serving. But the cool thing is, he says, we're supposed to do it with others. We're better together. You and I were never meant to serve God 
by ourselves on our own. We're meant to be a part of a team, a family. Jesus said that there's no such thing, by the way, as insignificant service. See, that's what I think some people feel that way. Well, you know, what I do doesn't really matter. I'm just insignificant what I do and how I do it. No, there's no such thing as insignificant service or insignificant ministry. In fact, Jesus went as far to say, even if you give away a cup of cold water in the name of Jesus, you will be rewarded for all eternity. He's basically saying, listen, you know, get it out of your head that it has to be flashy or that everybody has to see it, or it has to be you know, Instagrammable or something. No! So, the person who is serving in the parking ministry, and the person who's passing out the bulletins, and the person who's opened the door, and the person who's you know, you know, driving the golf cart, and the person who's standing up here speaking right now, he's saying, listen, all of it matters, all of it's significant, but not any one of those ministries is more significant than the other. Because it all matters. You see, I think we've confused prominence and significance. Prominence and significance. There's a big difference. They're not the same. In other words, you can be famous and prominent and not truly significant. Problem is we're chasing after fame, aren't we? We're chasing after prominence. Now, my bald head, it is prominent. Okay, it is. It sticks out. It's big. But there's really nothing significant about my bald head except that according to my wife, it is incredibly sexy. Okay? <laughs> Just saying. But outside of that, outside of that, it is just a big, bald, hairless head. It's pretty prominent, but the fact that I do not have hair is really not significant. In fact, I'll go as far as say this. You, you all could lose your hair and live happily ever after. Okay, you don't need it to live. It, it's a prominent part of your body right up there, but it's not significant. However, inside of me, inside of you, there's a spleen, there's a liver, there's kidneys, there's lungs, a heart. I've never seen them. Most of you have never seen them. But you're just assuming by faith, right, that you have them. They're not prominent. They're not out there. But they're significant. Because if you lost any one of them, you'd die. You see, what you want in life is not prominence. Although that's what people are chasing after. We get it backwards. What you want is significance. And you find that through humble service. Jesus said this, Matthew 25, 40, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these, you did for me. You know what that story is all about there? I'm not going to read the whole thing, but Jesus is basically saying one day you're going to stand before him in heaven. And God is going to say to you, hopefully, you know what? Great job. Because when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was sick, you cared for me. When I was in prison, you visited me. When I was naked, you clothed me. And you're going to say, Lord, when, when did I do that? You know, when did I feed you, clothe you, help you, serve you, all those different things? 
And Jesus is going to say, when you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. And as much as you did it to one of the least of my brothers, you did it to me. Let me tell you something. Guess what? That right there, that's why we do Saturday serve here at this church. That's why this church is known We are known in this community as as a church that is outward focused, that serves the community. Show up. The first Saturday of every month, we we do it like clockwork. You don't have to think about it. It's the first Saturday of every month. You show up here, and we will send you out to serve the community. Let me tell you something. That's why we do Operation Christmas Child. We do it to the least of these. In fact, today inside your bulletin, there's a red, uh, a red little sheet here that explains Operation Christmas Child, where we have the opportunity to send gifts, boxes of love and the gospel and the good news to children all around the world to what? The least of these. Many of you last week took one of the blue uh, coastal bags home. Um, I hope you brought it back this week, filled up with toys. If you didn't, you still got a few weeks to do that. Listen, that's why we serve over at Oakland Elementary School. Because we do it unto the least of these. Many of you also have been bringing candy so that we can take it over there to uh, Oakland Elementary School so the teachers don't have to use their money to buy candy for their trunk or treat. By the way, right now over at Oakland, they are in need of of mentors, lunch buddies. And we've had uh, about a half a dozen people sign up for this. Uh, But you know what they need? They need men. They specifically ask, you know what? We, we appreciate all the ladies who have signed up, but it'd be great to have some men. It'd be great to have some men. Why do we do all of that and so much more here at Coastal? Because when you do it to one of the least of these, Jesus said you do it unto him. Make a commitment. Make a commitment to serve. By the way, that's why we, that's why we serve here, our children. In fact, this morning inside your bulletin, pull out this little insert, the little yellow insert. This is all about coastal kids, our children's ministry. By the way, that's why we're getting ready to expand and renovate our children's facility. That's why November the 10th is so important. That's why we're asking you to make a commitment. You know why? Because Jesus said, when you do it to the least of these, you do it to him. I asked my wife recently, I said, hey, how many kids do we see in, in children's ministry? I mean, just, you know, ballpark it for me. Like, you know, each month, what's the average number? She didn't have to ballpark. We actually have those records. So she ran a report. Do you know we average, I wrote it down, 237 different children each month over there in Coastal Kids. Jesus, you know, that's bigger than our church was eight years ago. We do it unto the least of these. In fact, we encourage you this morning. Listen, this is an awesome place to serve. Here's the first one. I currently serve once a month, and so many people in our church do that, by the way. And we say that all the time. It's a great way to get involved. One service once a month makes a huge impact. But you know what? We're wanting to add a third service this year. You know what? For Easter, you know how many services we had last year for Easter? We had five services. We saw over 1,600 people. Guess what? This year, we're doing seven services, and we're going to see over 2,000 people. We're going to add a third service this year. You know what? To do that, we need more volunteers. We do. But it's not about filling a seat. It's about making an impact in the life of a kid. And so I want to challenge you to do that today. Make a commitment to serve. What are you giving your life away to? Doesn't matter five years from now, much less all eternity. Finally, number five, to make an eternal difference, I must join with others on mission. To make an eternal difference, I must join with others on mission. Before Jesus goes back to heaven, he gives his last words. We all know last words are very important. 
The last words of Jesus we call the Great Commission. And I talked about this last week, and I want to say something about it again this week. It's Matthew 28. Listen to this. It's there on your outline. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Follow me on this. God has a purpose for all of history, and he has a purpose for your life. Why in the world would God give you a purpose for your life, totally and completely unconnected to his purpose for history? He wouldn't. That's completely illogical. I mean, so somehow, some way, the purpose for your life has got to be connected to his purpose for history. So what's his purpose? He's building a family. I mean, when you think about it, that's the whole reason there's a universe. That's the whole reason there's planet Earth. God wanted a family. And on that Earth, on that planet, that family is called the church. And so somehow God says, I want your purpose in life to be a part of my big purpose, which is taking the good news to all the world. And man, it's the best news in the world. We call it good news. You know what the news is? That you can be forgiven. That's your problem. That's my problem. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And the good news is one has been provided. You can be forgiven. And so you can be forgiven, completely forgiven for your past. And you're given a purpose for living right here and right now. And not only that, so in other words, you had your past taken care of, got your present taken care of, and then he says, and I will promise you a heaven, a home in heaven for all eternity. Where else are you going to get that? Man, nowhere. It literally is the best news in the world. And so we get to make an eternal difference by sharing that good news where we live, work, and play. I mean, what do we say here at Coastal all the time? We exist to share and experience the life and the love of Jesus with Charleston and the world. How, how do we do that? How? We make it really simple here at Coastal. Write these two words down on your outline. Invest and invite. Invest and invite. I want to challenge you today to make a commitment to do that. You say, what is that? Invest and invite. Invest. You know what invest stands for? It just means you live your faith. Where you live, work, and play every day. You just live for Jesus. So you live for Jesus. And guess what? You ready for this? You love people. You just love people. You serve them. You build relationships. You build friendships with people. You recognize. You never look into the eyes of another human being who doesn't matter to God just as much as you do. So you live for Jesus. You love people. You, you build relationships. You serve people. You start praying for them. That's the investment side. You earn the right. You build a relationship. And then you invite. What do I mean by that? You ready for this? Man, you just simply invite them to Coastal. Because that's what we do here. We lock arms with one another. And we say, guess what? This is a safe place to hear a dangerous message. This is a place, again, that loves all people. All people. We're all just sinners in need of a Savior. You invite them here. We're going to point them to Jesus. Invest and invite. 
Make a commitment to do that today. Why do you think God has you where you live, work, and play? If not, to be somehow connected to His great purpose for this world. These five commitments, they're worth making. I want to challenge you to make them today. You know, the greatest commitment of all, though, is just to give your life to Jesus. It goes back to what we said in the very beginning. Commit yourself to God. Give your life fully to God. How do you do that? You just humbly come before Him, admitting that you need Him. Admitting the obvious, that you are a sinner in need of a Savior. Listen, God's not here to to hurt you. He's not here to scold you. He's here to love you. And if you will just take that one step, that one step of faith toward Him, Jesus will make up the distance. He will run to you with open arms and welcome you with an embrace. But you've got to take that one step of faith. You can take that today. It's as simple and as easy as a prayer. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today I thank you for your word. I thank you for Jesus. Father, I thank you for your church and these five commitments. Lord, I thank you for Coastal. And I thank you for the committed people that are here in this room, those that are watching online. God, I'm I'm just constantly amazed by the faith of your people and the commitment of your people. But God, there are times in all of our lives when you know, we kind of drear, uh, we kind of drift off the path. We kind of veer off the path and um, get distracted by lesser commitments, by lesser things. Not necessarily bad things all the time, but lesser things. God, help us to recommit our lives to your purposes today. And listen, if you are here today and you are ready to come home to God, just pray a simple prayer like this Dear Heavenly Father, I admit it. I've blown it. I've tried to live my life apart from you. And I've made a mess of things. I want to come home. I want to come home to you. I believe. I do. I believe. I put my faith today in Jesus. I believe that he's your son. I believe that he went to the cross to pay for my sin. I believe he rose from the dead to prove his power over sin and death. And today I put all of my faith and trust in him and in him alone. And Father, for the rest of my days, I just want to follow Jesus. I want to become day by day a little bit more like you already see me now today, forgiven, brand new, complete in Christ. Thank you, Jesus. And it's in his name I pray. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.